0: If you have your Bibles tonight, turn to the book of Judges, chapter 1. Judges, chapter 1. And we'll be reading tonight verses 12 through 15, Judges, chapter 1. And it says in verse 12, And Caleb said, He that smiteth, curjeth, sephir, and taketh it, to him will I give Axol, my daughter, to wife. And Othniel, the son of Kenaz, Caleb's younger brother, took it, And he gave him Axel, his daughter, to wife. And it came to pass when she came to him that she moved him to ask of her father a field. And she lighted from off her donkey. And Caleb said unto her, What wilt thou? And she said unto him, Give me a blessing, for thou hast given me a south land. Give me also springs of water. And Caleb gave to her the upper springs and the nether springs." And tonight as the title for this message, I want to use the words of Exa in verse 15 where she said unto her father Caleb, give me a blessing. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I'm ready for my blessing tonight. I'm ready for a blessing. Hallelujah. And I believe there's some of you here tonight and some of you watching over the internet, and listening by radio, that need a blessing from the Lord. And you are ready for God to bless you. Hallelujah. Exodus was determined. She had the heart of Jacob as Jacob wrestled with God many years before this. As Jacob wrestled with the angel, he said, I won't go, I will not let you go until you bless me. That was the heart of Exile as she prayed, as she cried out to her father, Caleb, give me a blessing. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just come before you tonight in Jesus' name. And God, we need, Lord, we need you tonight. We need the power of your Holy Spirit to quicken us, Lord. Lord, to refresh us. Lord, to to, to light that spark in our heart. We need you, God, to move in our hearts and lives. And Father, tonight we pray that you would just, Lord, let your anointing rest upon me. Let your anointing rest upon these that hear. And God, leaving all this results in your hands. And we say it all in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. I don't know. If the song would have been around during that time, when, probably not, when, when Axel asked Caleb this, but if it was, she probably would have began to sing it as she was standing before her father, needing something from her father Caleb. If the song was around, she might have sung it. I will not be denied. Oh, I will not be denied. Oh, till Jesus comes and he makes me whole, I will not be denied. Oh, I will not be, oh, denied. Oh, I will not be denied. Oh, till Jesus comes and he makes me whole, I will not be denied. I'm not trying out for the backup spot. Well, you get the point. During this time in Israel's history, there is some question about exactly when this event that we read about in our text took place. There's some question about whether it took place before Joshua was dead or after he uh, was dead. And it's not the point of my message tonight to prove either or one or the other. But we see from Judges chapter 1, this first chapter here, and it says in in verses 1 and 2 that after the death of Joshua... That Israel asked the Lord, Lord, who would you have us to go up and fight against the Canaanites first, to go against them? Who would you have us to send first? And the Lord gave an answer back to Israel, and the Lord said, send Judah first. Send Judah first. Judah, a type of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Basically, send Jesus first. And the Bible says in this first chapter that as Judah went first, the Lord was with Judah, and one, one heathen people after another, another heathen people, God gave victory to Judah. He conquered every enemy that stood before him. And again, Judah's a perfect type of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And how God desires us in our life to place Jesus first. And because at the cross, Jesus Christ conquered every enemy that will ever stand in our path. No matter if that enemy is discouragement or sickness or financial poverty. No matter what that enemy is, Jesus conquered it. Hallelujah. And just like many years ago, the Lord told Israel, send Judah first. The Lord tells us today, keep Jesus first. Hallelujah. Come on now. Wake up little. Keep Jesus first. Keep him first. Some of you may tonight, you may be asking, you may have gone, it's gone through your mind recently, I don't know what to do. A certain situation in your life, you need to make a decision. I don't know what to do. What's, I don't know uh, what, what, what step to take next. Well, the most important thing to ever, ever, ever do is to always place Jesus first. And to always keep him first. Hallelujah. The Lord told him, let Judah go first. And it says in this first chapter here of Judges, that again, like I said, that Judah went first, and God gave victory to Judah. And Caleb, as we read about in our text tonight, Caleb was the leader of this tribe of Judah. And Caleb was one more man of God. He was one of uh, what the Bible describes as God's mighty men. He was a man of faith, a man of God. And the Bible says that as Judah was... Going into different areas uh, uh, of the land of Israel because Israel was in the promised land now and they were conquering, or they were, yeah, they were conquering the areas that God had given to Israel. It was their land, it was Israel's land, and now they were in that land, conquering, conquering the different areas that God had given them. Some areas were, well, all the areas, in fact, were. were were inhabited by, by heathen people, Canaanites, Jebusites, Perizzites, and every other ice you can imagine. But God sent them in to conquer these heathen people to basically take them out because this was God's land for them. This was God's property for his people. And as they were conquering different aspects of the land, they came across a city by the name of Kirjath sephir the Bible says. "Kirjath sephir Nothing special about Kerjath-sephir that the Bible specifically talks about, but we do know this, that when they came across Kerjath-sephir, that Caleb said, he that takes this city to him I will give Exile, my daughter, as a wife. Whoever takes this city, whoever conquers it, to him I'm going to give my daughter as his wife. And that was one, apparently, one more special treat, one his prized possession to give away. That's how special this city was. And understand this tonight, that our heavenly Caleb, Jesus Christ, is looking for, still looking for some people whom he can use to conquer territory for him, people that he can use to spread the gospel, people who he can use to tarry in prayer, to see souls saved, to see the work of God done. He said, he who takes this city I'll give my wife, Aksaw to be his wife. He's looking for somebody who had the backbone, the willingness to risk his own life and take this city. Well, the Bible says in this passage that Othniel took the city. And Caleb gave to Othniel his, his daughter, Axel, as a wife. And they were married together. And the Bible says that in verse 14 that, that Exau, that she moved, that, that, that she asked uh, Othniel, her husband, that she moved him to ask her father Caleb for a field. Basically what, he, what that was referring to was a portion of land, a portion of land within, that, within Judah's boundaries. You see, Exau was not content... With just having Othniel, a mighty warrior, as a husband, she wanted something more, and she moved him, he moved her husband, urged her, her new husband, Othniel, to ask her father Caleb for a field, a portion of land that would basically be all their own. And the Bible says that she moved him to ask her father. And you men know that nobody can move a man like a woman, Right? Nobody can urge a man like a woman. And I don't know exactly how it happened. I don't know exactly how it happened. The Bible doesn't give all the details here about what went on in their private conversation. But it might have happened like this. As they were, as Exa asked Othniel, would you please, Othniel, you sweet new husband of mine, handsome Othniel, would you go to my father uh, Caleb and you? You ask of him that he would give us a portion of land in Judah, a land that we can call all of our own, a land that we can have a whole bunch of kids on and have a farm, call it Axel, I mean Othniel's farm. Will you you do that, Othniel? So Othniel went to Caleb and he asked Caleb for a field, for a portion of land, and Caleb the great man of God gives to Othniel and to give, gives to Axel this portion of land and and Othniel comes back to Axel and he says oh my sweet Axel almost sounds like Hacksaw <laughs> oh my sweet Axel your father Caleb has given us a portion of land hallelujah he's blessed us and and he's given us a portion of land that we can call all of our own, and we can have a whole bunch of kids on, and we can have a farm on, and build our own house. And man, it's going to be wonderful. Man, we got our own property now, Axel. I mean, things are just going great. Conquered Kyrgyzsefer, got a beautiful woman named Axel's wife. Now we got a whole bunch of property. Man, this is good. And so Axel says, man, this is awesome. This is wonderful. Yes, praise God. We got property now. We got land we can call our own. Oh, this is great. Thank you, Othniel. Thank you, Caleb. And thank you, Jehovah Lord. Thank you. But Axel might have said at that time, might have said to Othniel, Othniel, honey, where exactly is this piece of land? Othniel with a mumbled voice possibly said, well, it's in the south. She's might have said, well, what'd you say? He said, it was in the, in the south. Well, that's what I thought you said. Did you say that he gave us some land in the south? You mean that dry, barren south part of Judah's property, Judah's land? Man, I thought this was, man, I thought this was wonderful. I thought, man, this was great. But you just told us that he gave us some land in the south. Some of you people from the north maybe thought the same thing when God sent you to Baton Rouge. You mean the south? You mean that land? Where people eat crayfish and suck their heads and, man... Lord, you're sending me to the south. I can't believe this. And Exile uh, probably thought, oh, man. And I knew marrying you wasn't right. <laughs> Something's gone wrong. Man, Othniel, my beloved, hum- ha- handsome husband, Othniel, you better go back and talk to my father this is what I want you to do. I want you to tell him to give me a different piece of property. Give me a different land. Give me something else. Do something. Because this dry piece of southland land is not really what I want, not what we need. Othniel does not say it's in the text, but it implies that, that Othniel would not go. That Othniel would not go to Caleb a second time and ask him for something else, or asking for a, another blessing, or asking for springs of water. Othniel would not go. And I saw in her determination, in her determination and recognition that she needed some, they needed something else. They needed something more from her father. She said, step aside, Othniel, I'm going to have to go myself and ask my father to give us a blessing. And that's what she did. The Bible says in this passage that she lighted from off her donkey, and that's what that word in the King James means, by the way, donkey. She got off her donkey and went before her father and said to her father, give me a blessing. Sometimes it's easy to be complacent. It's easy to get satisfied with what we have. But understand this, if you get complacent and satisfied with what you have, you will end up with just a dry piece of land. You'll end up dry, defeated, discouraged. There is more that God has for you than just a dry piece of property than just a dry existence, than just an empty existence. God's got blessing for his people. Hallelujah. Blessing. He's got blessing for his people. And it's so easy sometimes to get complacent, to let other peoples get blessed, but us ourselves just stay dry, stay weary. Sometimes the attack of the enemy can come against our mind and get us discouraged, get you defeated, get you distracted, and you can stay in that position or that condition time after time after time. And eventually, if you stay there, watch out because you're leaving yourself wide open as a target for the enemy to destroy your faith. Recently, I've been reading a book by James Bradley called The Flags of Our Fathers, and he describes the scenario, the the activities that took place uh, prior to and on the little island of Iwo Jima, Japan, in February and March of 1945. You've all seen the picture of the the six Marines raising the the flag, the American flag, on Mount Suribachi. Well, that took place in 1945 toward the very end of, of World War II. And in that book, he describes how, what took place, again, as, as those soldiers put that flag actually on Mount Suribachi. And the picture that, you, that we see, in uh, the, it's, it's called the photograph, the most famous photograph in American military history. That photo was actually uh, not the original flag paste, uh, placed on Mount Suribachi. That was actually just a replacement flag put up. But the original soldiers that went on that Mount Suribachi, as they had been in four days of heavy fighting, in the first four days of that, of that Battle of Imajima, the Marines lost 5,000. 5,000 Marines were killed. But in that five or the four or five days, they had conquered that small little mountain, a mountain called Mount Suribachi, and those several soldiers went to that mount and they put that flag on that Mount Suribachi. And the testimony of one of the soldiers that was up there, he said, at that moment that we put the, the pole up with the flag, pride, pride just filled my heart, and there was a temptation to just relish in the moment. There was a temptation to just relax and take it easy. We had just been in heavy fighting for, for four straight days, barely getting any sleep, barely eating anything, in the heavy battle, and there was that temptation there to just, again, Relax in the moment. Spend a few minutes there on the top of that, that mountain and look over Iwo Jima and just be proud of what we've done and be proud of that American flag old oh, glory. That temptation was there. But he said it was only a few seconds that marine instincts kicked in and the last four days of battle kicked in and the sight of all the bloodshed that I had seen kicked in. And I realized, myself and the others with me, we realized, you know what, if we stay up here very longer, we're not going to be standing any longer. If we stay up here by this flag, if we just relax and take it easy, for a, even for a brief moment, we're leaving ourselves wide open for the Japanese to kill us. And they quickly went back into battle because they realized at that time that even though they had conquered that small little mountain Suribachi, they realized that there was a whole rest of the island that needed to be conquered. When I read that, that, that stuck with me because sometimes in life, you and I can get complacent. I said, sometimes you and I can get complacent. We can become apathetic. We can like to rest in where we are at. And we get comfortable with where we are at. But understand this. If you and I become complacent, if you and I just sit there, spiritually speaking, with a passive mentality, and I'm not talking about trying to work your own righteousness. That's not the idea. But we become apathetic and complacent, spiritually speaking, in our own heart. Understand this. We leave ourselves wide open for the enemy. I said, we leave ourselves wide open for the enemy's attack. Sleeping spiritually will leave yourself wide open for the attack of the enemy. Because there is a battle going on, there is a fight going on. And she as she realized that there was more that needed to be done, there was more that she needed the Bible says that she got off her donkey and she went before her father and said, Father, Caleb, give me a blessing. Give me a blessing. And sometimes the fact of the matter is this, is that we need to get, our, we need to get off our donkey of complacency and go before God and say, God, give me a blessing. Lord, I need a blessing. Lord, I need your touch. God, there is still more work to do. You know, in this passage of Scripture, we see that in the heart of Acts, uh, there was this heart, that there was more that her father could give her. There was more that her and Othniel needed. There was more that they needed. It was a hunger and thirst for more. Understand this, that sometimes everything the father gives us, we're not going to like it. And in this passage of Scripture, we see that this this piece of property, this portion of land that God had given to Axel and to Othniel, it was not necessarily what they wanted, but yet it still was a gift from the Father. And it still comes from the Father. And sometimes in our life, God can allow us or give us something or allow something in our life, and we won't necessarily like it. But God has put us in that place to bring us to the next level. He puts us in that place sometimes. He allows a season of dryness. He allows the attack of the enemy to see what our response will be. Tonight, God may have given you a dry portion of land, you feel. Well, God's just given that to see what you'll do. It's a test. God's design is for you not to stay in that dry land. God's design is for you to have springs of water and for that dry land to become a garden of Eden. That's God's design. That's God's plan. You see that dry season and as it concerns God's intention and God's plan is designed only to be temporary. It's not an abiding place. It's not it's not for you to stay there forever. It's a test. What will you do? How will you respond when God gives you a dry piece of land? When God places you in a a place and you for sure just don't like it, what will your response be? Well, Lexa's response was, Father, give me a blessing. Hallelujah. Give me a blessing. Father Caleb, I need a blessing from you. Specifically, I need springs of water. I need springs of water. Hallelujah. Sometimes that place is not a place that's, that's comfortable. It's not a place that we like. But will you tonight, will you respond the right way? Will you go to God and say, God, I know that you've got more Give me a blessing. I know tonight I want my blessing. I want the blessing God has for me. I want want what God has for me. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We see in this passage, something that we see here is that Axel, she couldn't depend on Othniel to do her pleading for her. I said she could not depend on Othniel to do her pleading for her. She realized, you know What? I can't depend on you, even though I might love you, and you're my husband now. I can't depend on you for my blessing. I'm gonna have to go straight to the Father. You know, see, you and I, as it concerns our blessing, you know what? I love my wife, but I can't receive my blessing through my wife. I love my friends, but I can't receive my blessing through my friends. I love this ministry, but the but, but I can't receive the blessing. Well, this mis- mis- ministry is not the source of my blessing. It's not the source of your blessing. God is your source. Hallelujah. God is your source. And let me tell you so You can't depend on other people for you to get your blessing. You're going to have to get off your donkey and get your blessing yourself. I was going to use that as a title for tonight's message, but I wasn't sure if that would go very well on the, get off your donkey and get a blessing. (laughs) But that's what we need to do. That's what Exxon did here. She realized that, you know, I can't depend on you. I'm going to have to go to the Father myself, hallelujah. And sometimes, we need to, and sometimes we might need to get so sick and tired that we get to a place that we say, "You know what? God, I need a blessing. Hallelujah. Not just some, some casual words coming out of your mouth, but a reality in your spirit, a desperation in your spirit. God unless you move, I can't do it. I can't do anything. God, I need you to move. Hallelujah. God, I need you to give me a blessing. God, I need your touch. Hallelujah. Lord, unless you speak, I can't do it. God, unless you say, my family, it won't be done. God, you've got to move. You've got to move, Lord. You've got to move. Hallelujah. God, give me a blessing. God, give me a blessing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, give me a blessing. God, give me a blessing. Give me a blessing, Lord. Some might say, well, that's begging. That's being a nag to the Lord. But Jesus said this. He said, ask. And in essence, keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking. Because he who asks receives, he who seeks finds, and he who knocks, the door shall be open unto you." Hallelujah. Oh, my Lord Jesus, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I know I'm not preaching it as good as it could, but tonight, understand this, that sometimes the Lord will put us in a place, and it will be so dry for a while, we'll, we'll be in this place that we don't like, and after a while. The Lord will put you there just to get you to realize that you better cry out to God the way you should. Hallelujah. Not a little lay me down to sleep thing. Oh, God help me and that's it. But a crying out to God. Hallelujah. A crying out to the Lord that won't let go. Ask and ask, keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking. Hallelujah. Not a little. Father, will you give me a blessing? But God, give me a blessing. I can't make it unless you bless me, unless you help me, unless you provide, unless you protect. I can't do it. God, God move for us. God move for me. That's the place where God is. Bring every single one of us to. That point of desperation. That place of desperation. That we can't go another step without having God's touch. Oh Lord. We can't go to the day without hearing God's voice. We can't do any longer just the way we've always done it. We can't keep going on dry. We need the blessing of God. We need springs of water. Hallelujah. Oh, Exal said to her father, give me a blessing. And what she specifically meant by that, and she said later on in verse 15, give me springs of water. Hallelujah. (laughs) Give me springs of water. You see, the the portion of land that God had given to and to Athia, was a piece of land that had no water in it. It had no flow of water going through it. There was no springs of water in it. And Exile realized that the blessing that she needed more than anything else was springs of water. And the springs of water are a type of the moving and operation of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. She realized that what she needed more than anything else and what, and what would solve the problem in this dry piece of land that she had was that her father giving her springs of water. You and I, maybe we don't realize it as much as we need to, but what will solve the problems in our heart and life many times is the moving and operation of the Holy Spirit. He said, she said, give me springs of water. Hallelujah. I need the springs of water. Now, to give her springs of water, in reality, Caleb would have to expand the blessing, the portion of land that he had given them. He would have to expand that piece of land. In other words, he would have to give them a little bit more. He would have to give them the point where the place where the springs of water were but again exile realized that if I have those springs of water this dry piece of land that I have it won't be dry anymore the problem will be solved and understand this tonight many of the problems that you and I have they are solved with the moving and the operation of the Holy Spirit I said many I really I mean it's all of the problems you and I have With the moving and operation of the Holy Spirit, lost lost loved ones that need to be saved, they need the Holy Spirit to hover over them and convict them. Hallelujah. God's provision in our life. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to move. As the Lord said in Zechariah, he said, it's not by might, not by power, but it's by my Holy Spirit, says the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What you and I have need of is the moving and operation of the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord, Hallelujah! Give me a blessing. Give me a blessing. I ask you tonight: Are you hungry for your blessing? Are you thirsty for your blessing? Do you want your blessing tonight? Hallelujah! Are you are you in a point uh, in a place where you just feel dry? Maybe you feel like the devil, like like the devil's just attacked your mind with discouragement, distraction. Tonight, the Lord has brought you, allowed that to take place in your life, that you might be desperate and cry out to God for a blessing. Hallelujah. He brings us to that point, that we might be desperate. Hallelujah.